Hello and welcome to Brand Your Passion, the show that helps you turn the thing you love the most into something that people know and love you for. I'm your host, Holly Arnett, the brand coach for creatives, and I'm on a mission to make the world a more creative place, one brand at a time. If you're ready to get more eyes on your work, more dollars in your pocket, and more creativity in your life, you're in the right place. Welcome. Let's brand your passion. I am super excited today to be joined by Viv Croco, aka Rust Creative. Welcome to the show. Yay, thank you so much for having me, Holly. I'm so excited to be here. Anytime. Um, do you want to introduce yourself and tell the people a little bit about what you do? Sure. So I am a writer, an author, a podcast host, and a creativity coach and a business owner. So I have lots of different hats that I wear under my very creative umbrella. Um, And my purpose is to share stories and help people embrace their creative magic. So as you can probably gather, I do that in lots of different ways. And I just feel like I'm in a very great place at the moment where I'm very aligned to my purpose and my brand and just everything's going really well and really fun. Amazing. I love that you're feeling aligned with your brand. That's very mm. on brand with this podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we will um, get into talking about your brand for sure. Um, but first, I want to know a little bit about your creative journey. So were you always kind of creative as a kid when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah, I really was. I was one of those dorky little writers who used to always make stories up or I wouldn't even really get to the stories I would um, write character profiles on my old block computer with like Windows 2000 and I type (laughs) up like a character profile and then I never do anything with it and I'd save them on floppy disks and yes that was kind of my yes (laughs) back in the day like I'm talking like 2003 yeah so that was my early memory of like writing and um, definitely storytelling and I spent most of my childhood outside playing with my friends so we were always very creative in like the games that we'd make up because we lived in a small town and we didn't have any of like the activities that a lot of other kids got to do. So everything came from our imagination and yeah. what we could find in the backyard. So yeah, I'd say I was always very creative. Um, I also spent a good chunk of my childhood thinking I was going to be in fashion, Ooh. <laughs> which um, that didn't happen and it's probably for the best. But yeah, so I've always been very like creatively expressed and um I guess owning that, I always was a little bit weird in terms of like my outfits. Um, my dad used to say I was like Cindy Lauper because I used to wear bubble skirts and like oh. layers. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've always known that I was like a little bit kooky, a little bit creative. And yeah, um, yeah I really loved that about myself though. I kind of like that that's what made me stand out as a kid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like all of us kind of um, weird creative kids. <laughs> yeah, we were like, unique doing our own little thing and now it's what makes us super special now so I was gonna say I was never an art kid though like I used to be so jealous of the art kids because I just couldn't draw anything like writing was my avenue so yeah it's just I love it I mean creativity if you can blossom it and like any young people that you know is so Mm -hmm. so special and it's going to completely change their lives as they're adults 
Yeah. And that's true. Like it does come in so many different forms, right? You probably think of creative kids as the ones who are drawing or painting or whatever, but there's, yeah, writers and just Mm. dreamers and people who make up, yeah, stories or outfits or like, yeah, building Mm. things in the forest. Like there's so many different ways that people can be creative as kids. So definitely. (laughs) And so how did you get from thinking you were going to be into fashion and writing stories as a child (laughs) to where you are at now. What does that journey look like? It was a very interesting one. Um, I went through high school very certain. Well, there was like random bursts where I thought I was going to do something else, but I think my main goal was always to be writing in magazines. Mm. Like I always wanted to be an author, but I was told like from a quite a young age, I guess by teachers, like you know, you're never going to make a living out of being an author. So you had to do something else. So I was very um, focused on music journalism. Mm. Um, and I just really wanted to go and meet all of my favorite musicians and talk <laughs> to them, basically um, back in the day when magazines were thriving. Yeah. Um, but I took a gap year. Like I got into the course that I wanted to at QUT um, in Brisbane, took a gap year, changed courses, did six months of that. <laughs> back home, did a different course. I ended up doing teaching for a year and a half. God knows why, because I'd never never thought about teaching my whole life, but I was definitely having like an existential crisis. And I think like all of the negative, like, you know, all like the little chatter, like, oh, writers don't make money and the magazine industry is dying. I think that got to me and I panicked and I went with the safe route. Um, but about a year and a half into it, I had another existential crisis where I'm like, <laughs> what the absolute fuck am I doing with my life? Yep. Quit my teaching course, ghosted all my lecturers and, um, went into graphic design. Mm. Um, so I did every, so the teaching and the graphic design were both online. So yeah, I never really got the uni experience that a lot of other people do, um, So I'm a little, it's a little bittersweet about that because I was able to still work and study, which I'm really, really grateful for, Mm. but I never got that, I guess, creative. I never found a creative community through university. Mm. Um, So I did my graphic design diploma online, which was really great, but then (laughs) I finished it and realized um, that I could do copywriting. Like I'd never even heard of it until studying design. Yeah. I was like, why not do both? So I was working in a design studio at the time and um, doing all the copywriting for all of their clients, like websites and social media. Yeah. Um, And I was really fortunate in that all of my co-workers um, also had side hustles. So they really encouraged me just to give it a go, um, start an online business because there was no overheads, no risks. Yeah. (laughs) So I started Rust to do copywriting and social media. I registered the business name in February, 2018. So it's been like two and a half years since I actually like launched the brand. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's been, it's been a journey. And even since then, like I started out copywriting and social media and then I got rid of social media because I just wasn't aligned to it. And then mm-hmm. I got rid of copywriting and started <laughs> coaching and then like even shifted directions in coaching and even since then, like opened the online store, opened our gatherings, started a podcast. So yeah, I mean, I'm so, so grateful that I called it Rust Creative because it's so vague and it can basically (laughs) mean anything. And it's definitely come in handy because I have changed directions a lot, but yeah, I really embrace that. I really like that I am able to be agile and pivot based on 
like what feels most aligned and what lights me up because I can only do my best if I'm really, really excited about something. Yeah, definitely. It's a very long answer. (laughs) No, it's great. I like, I just love hearing people's stories and I'm like, Mm. how did you get to where you are now? Like, (laughs) lots of crises. Yes. Yeah. And I think you're so right that it's, um, kind of an amazing privilege that we have as online business owners that we can pivot and change Mm. pretty quickly and easily and like you know a lot of people have noticed recently that it's great to be able to pivot and to be agile and to change things up um and so I think it's awesome that you're like no I embrace that I'm like okay bring on the new thing might be scary might be crazy (laughs) but bring on the new thing that excites me I think that's amazing Oh, thank you. Well, it's, I've definitely like, I didn't used to be so, I guess, embracing towards it. I did yeah. used to have a lot of resistance, but I've learned to, I guess, tune out everyone else's opinions and advice and really look within. Like that's been a really big thing I've been focusing on this year is just actually tuning into my intuition and my gut and being like, what do you actually want to do? And does this actually feel good for you? Because yeah. I think, especially this year, we've all had to make a lot of decisions that you know, maybe survival based, which mm-hmm. is completely fine. Um, but then sometimes you do have the privilege of making a decision based on like, what lights me up? What do I actually really want to do with my life? And yeah, I haven't taken that lightly and I've been really grateful to be able to have the time to explore that and shift my business once again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so when you started Rust, obviously back in 2018 when you're doing Mm -hmm. social media and copywriting um is that when you started the brand that you have now or did you start with some like the visual identity I mean like did you start with something else Um, yes I started with something else (laughs) yeah tell me about that so it was always rust creative um I picked the name I decided like I wanted to go in with a very brand focus because I didn't know how the business was going to shape and evolve and expand so I wanted to make sure it wasn't just my name in case Mm -hmm. I did change fields or bring on other people or expand into a studio um so the original branding was done by me yeah so my graphic design diploma came in handy I actually did the logo as part of like one of my I think one of my assignments and it was funny because my lecturer was like I think you should change this font and I'm like no no that's the logo (laughs) I did it two months ago I'm not changing this anymore yeah um So yeah, it served its purpose and I think I had it for, I want to say maybe like 14, 15 months before I invested in branding by an expert because yeah, one of the reasons why I went into like copywriting is I'm an okay designer, but I don't have that magic that I know so many other designers do. So I was happy to like just kind of chuck something together for the time being. Um, It still really felt good. Yeah. And like worked within the parameters of what I could do. And then I was so excited to outsource the branding and do an investment. Um, I think it was September last year yeah. with Jasmine Dowling. Mm. So I was just so excited because she is one of my favorite creatives in the whole world, actually. She's one of my favorite hand letterers. So she actually yeah. did like hand lettering for the logo. And she also did the branding for our podcast. And it has just came together so beautifully. It kept all the original colors that I chose um, back in the day. But yeah, it just feels so much more like 
I don't know, more put together and just, it's beautiful. It's just exactly what I wish I could have done, but I didn't have the skills to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really evolved nicely. And I recommend to like anyone to definitely absolutely invest in your branding, even if you can't do it straight away. Like I totally get that because starting a business can be very, very pricey if you don't have like the skills behind you to DIY it. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend saving for it and doing it because it's just going to change everything. And <laughs> I have got so many freaking compliments on that logo. It's insane. Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised. It really it. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who works gorgeous. And so yeah. what inspired you to finally like invest and make that happen? Was it just that you'd saved up, but you always wanted to, was it that? you reached a point where you just knew you had to like what made you decide to invest well I guess it was I was at a point where I was it was I guess part in term of the income like I'd gotten mm-hmm. to a point in my business where I was able to make larger investments so mm-hmm. around that time I also started investing in business coaching yeah so I would say like yeah it was about over a year from once I actually started taking on clients um before I did any huge investments mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a personal choice to kind of keep it lean and yeah. keep as much income coming in directly to me as I could. Um, but yeah, I guess I just always knew with the logo, like I liked it, but it wasn't the final iteration of Rust. And I knew that I was always going to want to outsource it eventually. And I just kind of waited until I guess I was ready in a financial position. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I was just ready for that next step. So yeah, it all just tied together really beautifully. Um, Jasmine was able to, I think it took like, I want to say less than two weeks. It was such a fast turnaround. Amazing. Because they gave her some suggestions and she nailed it on the first go. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. So, yeah, it just all ended up coming together perfectly. Um, and I couldn't imagine the brand without it. Like, I couldn't imagine having a different logo. Yeah. And... Yeah, it really has just like cemented it as a whole identity, especially as we've been evolving and I want to do more like in-person events and stuff like that, hopefully next year when we're allowed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so it's just become a really, really valuable asset and definitely one of the most valuable things I've invested in, if not the most valuable thing, because it's so instantly recognizable. Yeah. And I've been able to use that logo and the Rhythm and Words logo, um, for merch so people just loved it so much they're able to like use it in all these different ways that I didn't expect to initially so yeah it's paid for itself basically (laughs) that's great and I mean like you also have like yeah the fonts that you can use on your merch you've got the colors Mm. that you're using for your merch too like it's um yeah expands across so many different things yeah that you can use it for so that's awesome and I love that you like it kept the same colors that you chose as well that's really nice Um, Yeah, I didn't. um, Initially, I went with a huge color palette. I had six colors, Mm -hmm. which I'm really glad. Um, And then we kind of we simplified it down to three for like the main yeah like logo variations. And I've ended up just rolling with those three like across the website and other projects because yeah, it's nice to have those other backup colors. Yeah, I have found like naturally we've just gone to really like the brown, like the rust brown, the pink, the beautiful yellow, and yeah, people recognize that like as our, as our brand now, because it's such like a definitive color scheme. Yeah. That's, I was definitely going to say that. I feel like, yeah, you have that recognizable palette. And I was like, I knew those colors that you were going to say. I was like, there's the brown, there's the pink, yeah. there's the yellow. Like, 
it's really recognizable. So I think it's mm. great to narrow down <laughs> and yeah. have it so it's distinct, a distinct combination. Yes. So I would definitely recommend even if like, yeah, you have to DIY your branding, that is completely okay. Like we all do it at some point. Yeah. But pick the color palette that you like want to stay with because then even if you change the logo, if you change the name, people are still going to associate your brand with those colors. And it's already like, it's not going to feel like as big of a change if you do something because they're like, oh, it's still the same colors, you know, like the yeah. brain just has that association, which is really nice. Yeah. I, color has like increases recognition by like 80%. Oh, wow. So it's huge. Color is massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so obviously, as we know, like branding isn't just about colors and fonts and logos. Like those things are super important, but it's also about your message and your values mm. and the audience and everything. When you um, started or over time, like, have you thought about those things and did you sit down and intentionally think about them and like set a time or have you just mm. thought about them over time? I would say both. Like I definitely think in the beginning I was very clear on like my ideal customer, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But because I have changed so many times, like it's not that many, but it feels like a lot. (laughs) Um, So I have like changed, I guess the audience itself hasn't changed that much because the community that I have, um, particularly on Instagram has always been really supportive and they've always valued like the messaging behind like physical services that I do, Mm -hmm. which I think has remained really consistent. And I just tried to make sure that the brand is a very clear reflection of my personal values as well. And like the things that I value in life in terms of lifestyle as well. And like, yeah, the things I prioritize um, and I've made sure to carry that through. And I think particularly at the moment, it's really shining because the messaging has gotten clear, like the more that I've, gotten comfortable with showing up online as well Mm -hmm. and gotten more comfortable with my writing and you know written for longer um yeah it's just kind of all syncing up now and it just feels like a really clear aligned like nice little package of like this is exactly who Ross is this is exactly who it's meant to be these are the exact people that I'm hoping to attract so it does take time um and I don't actually have like a document at the moment of like who my ideal customer is. Um, mm-hmm. I was asked that the other day actually and I was like, <laughs> oh, good question. Um, but I think I go for more the feeling, like the feeling that I want people to feel when they join the community and like what I hope they can get out of it more than the type of person. And I think, I mean, it sounds a bit like woo-woo, but I think <laughs> it will just naturally attract the right people when you're yeah. really clear on the messaging and the intention behind what you're doing. Um, people will naturally find your stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I hope that answers the question um, a little yeah. bit around <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> no, it definitely does. I think you're totally right that the energy you put out there is the energy that you're going to attract, right? And I was going to mm. ask you about like, okay, so you know like what your target audience is or whatever or how you want people to feel, but then how how are you doing that? How are you getting that across? Is it through like what you're saying on Instagram? Is it the content you put out there, like what has been your kind of strategy, I suppose, if any, <laughs> to getting people well, to recognize you for like, not just your colors, but for your message and everything. Yeah. So I've always, well, not always, but one thing I started doing, I think it was the beginning of last year is quote tiles. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they were as big as they are now, but it was a really great way for me to get my branding colors, um, 
across like yeah again back to like the branding to get the recognition <laughs> yeah and I was doing like different tiles and different color combinations with quotes around like creativity and writing and lifestyle um and that was like a really great way to kind of get the message across very visually and very easily and a lot mm-hmm. of people like would share them so now I've kind of I'm still doing that but it's a lot more of my own writing it's not just outsourcing to like other quotes that I like so yeah I mean, I had a post the other day where it had a crazy good response Yeah, and I was not expecting it because it was, you know, like the quotes that I share from like famous writers or creatives always do really well, but you never know how your own stuff's going to go. But um, yeah. a lot of people resonated with it. So I think that's really valuable because sometimes people don't take time to read the captions, but mm-hmm. you can fit a lot on a single post, like on yeah. a tile. So I've been definitely prioritizing doing that. And yeah, I also do captions. Um, I love an IGTV. So I've made Mm. that like a regular um, part of my strategy. Reels, I've also been doing um, a lot of, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) Um, And then I also do a weekly newsletter. Vlogging, which I'm getting back into slowly. (laughs) Um, What else? Oh, the podcast. Yeah. And then just chatting on stories. So a lot of my, um, I guess, content strategy revolves around Instagram, the newsletter, like creating content for the website and then um, creating weekly interviews for the podcast. So different avenues, but I think they all have the same messaging and the same vibe around them. So it keeps it quite consistent, but there's still something different on each platform, which I like. Yeah. And it gives you an opportunity to kind of like, um, really instill those messages across different avenues. I think I'm mm. somehow I'm firing a lot of statistics out of my brain today, <laughs> but um, it takes like seven times for someone to listen, like to hear what you're saying or to like recognize mm. what your message is about. And so, um, you know, if they're seeing it on Instagram and then they listen to your podcast and then they watch Instagram TV and like it's repeat like your kind of message and your Mm. vibe is repeated um then by hopefully the seventh time (laughs) then they're like oh yeah like this is what Rust is about and I get it and I love it and this is my jam so I think it's awesome that you have those different avenues to kind of repeat your brand message and to Mm. get people really clear on what it is that you do and what you're all about so that's awesome yeah it definitely takes a lot of work though. Like yeah. <laughs> I realized last night, I'm like, oh, my Pinterest has been neglected because I, I enjoy Pinterest, but I just haven't got it into like my regular programming, like the newsletter and the podcast and Instagram. So like that's something that I really want to work on because Pinterest is amazing for those quote tiles. Like yeah, true. the reach on them is crazy and like blog posts and stuff like that. Um, so that's something I definitely want to prioritize and even though I hate Facebook, I'm trying to share some stuff on Facebook <laughs> because it, you can direct link. So yeah. as a business with under 10,000 followers, I can't do the swipe up. So yeah, um, me neither. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit annoying when you have so much great things that you can share like off the platform, but you, mm. yeah, you can't. I mean, people get annoyed being like, link in my bio, but I mean, I I there's no other, other way <laughs> to tell them. Yeah. Like that's all you can tell them. Like there's no other magic backdoor that I can show them unless they yeah. DM me for the link. So yeah, yeah, I try and do my best. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're doing amazing. Well, thank I you. <laughs> um, 
And so what do you think so far in this process has been the best part about like branding your passion and turning what you love into your business? Mm, It's been like, I feel like I've learned so, so much having a business and it's really been like, I would say the biggest period of growth in my life. Like it's been what, two and a half years. And I feel like I'm a completely different person from when I started and yeah. even a completely different person from this time last year. Like the leaps yeah. that I'm having is just ridiculous. And I feel like if I was in a regular job, I probably wouldn't have had the leap so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, because in business, you really are just forced to like throw yourself into the deep end and learn as you go. And there's so many unexpected like dilemmas or hurdles that you have to just move through to keep going. Um, yeah. So it's definitely been a lot of less, um, lessons, but I really enjoy that. Um, but I'm also just really, really grateful for the lifestyle that I've able, I've been able to cultivate um, by having rust. Yeah. So I, I realized like before I went full-time in August, I think it was 10 years that I worked weekends from when I was 14 to 24. Oh, yeah, I worked, yeah. I always worked weekends. Mm-hmm. So whether that was through after school jobs or union working or yes, um, rust and uni and working, or oh just gosh, rust yeah. and working. <laughs> like there was always so much going on and I was always working on weekends. So yeah, I've able been able to take back my weekends and it's just been oh. such a freaking joy like (laughs) anyone who works a regular nine to five like Monday to Friday if you've always had that you won't understand like the the amazingness and the specialty of having a full weekend like not one day but two whole days to yourself (laughs) it's wild and yeah I'm really grateful to be in a position now where I don't have to work on the weekends if I choose and I can start my days when I want to yeah I can set my own schedule um I'm really, really big on my morning ritual, which takes, I would say like two to three hours now. So I start my day completely around me. Yeah. And that in itself is like a huge, huge luxury. Um, Yeah. Because again, I didn't used to have that. I used to be the type of person who would like roll out of bed, scroll down a cup of tea, (laughs) on some clothes and go to work. And now I get to wake up and do all of these beautiful things and practices and then start my day and be really excited for like the work that I'm doing. So yeah. Yeah. I'm just really excited for like the life that I've been able to make. Like it did take a lot of hard work, but now that I'm here, I don't have to work like long hours or anything like that, which is something yeah. that I really wanted. So it's exciting to be able to say that I've got it. Yeah. That's amazing. And awesome that like, you know, you can like recognize that and be like, Whoa, mm. I did that. I had that goal. And I got myself there and that's like, look at me go. <laughs> what goal can I set next? Right. <laughs> it's such a pinch me moment. Like every day, because I do meditation and it asks you to, mm-hmm. you know, what are you grateful for? And I do really feel grateful. Like every single day, like I recognize I'm in such a privileged position, especially this year mm. with Corona and just being where we are with a beautiful health, uh, beautiful house and all my friends and family have their health. Yeah. And, you know, we have like, job keeper and job seeker for those who have lost income and we're just being really supported um yeah I guess by our government and also by each other so I'm really yeah I don't take that for granted and every day I wake up and I'm healthy I'm like this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's so good I mean the other day I was like last Friday I was so thankful for um 
like like you say like my job and the position that I've built for myself because I well first of all I have recently started taking Fridays off which is good for you amazing um (laughs) because I like want to have time to do my own creative things outside of my business things like that um Mm. but I was able to take my friend to like a hospital appointment and I just was like Mm. I would like imagine if I was at a nine to five and I had to ask Mm -hmm. somebody if I could like take the morning off or I had to say no to her because I had to go to work like just little things like that that make you super grateful for it was super weird because I'm a I'm a futurist so I don't often think Mm -hmm. about like what I'm thankful for right now but on Friday I was like man I'm thankful that I can (laughs) just take the morning off and I can go and help my friend and like yeah felt very Mm -hmm. thankful for this life that I've built for my little self (laughs) yeah it's interesting how like you know there is all these huge exciting big things and like milestones that come with business but when you start like taking notice of the little things that have shifted and that you've able been able to do within your life outside of business it almost feels like a lot more special than what you've done in the business because you're like okay yeah I have this thriving thing which is great but when I clock off I still feel good I don't feel like exhausted and shitty and like dreading tomorrow like knowing that I get to wake up and I feel good about the day is such a luxury because like you know two years ago I did not like the job that I was in I used to dread going to work I used to cry all the time about it and just hate Mm. Sundays because I meant I had to go to work on Monday And now that I don't have a boss, I don't have a toxic workplace. I have like gotten my body back to a good, healthy state in my mind. I'm just like, all of these things are so, so important. And yeah, really add up when you close the laptop Yeah, and you realize like, this is the life that I've wanted and this is the life I've worked towards and now I get to live it. And so I want to make sure I enjoy it as well. And like, yeah, like you said, be really thankful for all the little things. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's like important for people if you're listening to like maybe you're where Viv just said she was and like hating her job. I um, you. Or, <laughs> yeah, I mean, even only like a few months ago, maybe like six months ago, was I like I was working evenings and weekends working on client mm. stuff and I hated it and I was exhausted all the time. Um, but I just one know that we've all been there (laughs) and you're Mm -hmm. not alone um and like you know like I just said quite recently I was there and then um also encouraging that you can achieve whatever it is you want to achieve so if it is that you want to have Fridays off like I just started doing um or you want to be able to get up and have a two to three hour morning ritual (laughs) every day um whatever it is that your like dream creative life looks like um if we can do it, you can do it. That's the, mm. the message. <laughs> and I also like encourage anyone listening, like if, yeah, you're in like a really shitty position this year. And I know a lot of people are like, mm. maybe you were planning to leave your job, but you just can't right now because of the global climate. Like that's totally legit. And, you know, you have to do what's best for you. And sometimes we don't get to make decisions based on what we want. We have to do based on like our survival and to make sure there's food on the table. But I do encourage you to look throughout your day and see if there's like a pocket of time that you can take for you. And even if that doesn't mean like directly working on a creative project, that maybe you might just mean like doing a meditation or reading a book or like Mm -hmm. listening to a podcast, like something really simple that you can be like, this is my 30 minutes. (laughs) Nothing else in the world matters. Like that will really help you get through it. Like finding those little pockets of time was 
paramount to me surviving, like working, studying and running a business. Like I couldn't have done it without it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, also that, you know, don't give up on those dreams just because they're not happening right now. Hmm. They're just on hold. Doesn't mean that they're not going to happen. It's just that the freaking world's imploding and, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, you know, things can slow down a little bit. That doesn't mean that your dreams are not going to happen. Yeah. And it might even work out better than you imagined. Like I've found that so many times, like if things, if I've experienced a failure and, you know, I've had to shift directions, it's actually been in my best interest and best thing for my brands and personal evolution. So yeah, I guess just try and keep an open mind and look after yourself. Um, and know that even if your creativity feels like it's disappeared, it will come back. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. And so what do you think has been the biggest lesson? You said like what you has been the best part, but what do you think has been the biggest lesson that you have learned while you've been growing your growing your brand and branding your passion? Definitely to listen to my instincts. Mm-hmm. I um, I don't know if anyone listening is into human design, but it's something I've been really nerding out over lately. <laughs> Um, and I found out like I'm a generator and the type of way that I make decisions. Um, and I realized that I actually was so out of alignment with my energy Mm. and that I was taking on so, so much of other people's shit and not even like in an empathetic way, just in a way like they would tell me something and I'd be like, yeah, that is the best way to do things. And I wouldn't Mm. actually stop and sit and ask myself the question, like, do you think this is the best way? Like, do you actually want to do it that way? Like, do you feel good about doing it that way? And I used to just run with it, taking people's advice, thinking because they had more experience or years or they were older than me, whatever it was Mm -hmm. that they knew best for me and my business. Um, And they never did. (laughs) It's always going to be you. Um, And I'd also say, yeah, to really trust your gut on what you do um it can be really hard at first again because there's always a thousand outside opinions a thousand articles a thousand podcasts telling you to do it a certain way but i think it's really important to definitely seek out that information um and take it in take notes but then make your own plan like Mm -hmm. do it your way because (laughs) if you follow someone else's structure to the t like 9.9 times out of 10 it's not going to align with you and it's going to just implode down the track anyway like it might work for a little while but eventually yeah it'll catch up to you and (laughs) shit hits the fan and you just have to start over again and that's okay (laughs) but I've learned that if I just listen to my intuition and if it's like a no or like it's it just feels a bit uncomfortable and icky Mm -hmm. just to say no straight away like thanks but no thanks and move on because it's those times when you say yes when you don't really want to and you have that cringy feeling that it just, it just is such a bad, yucky experience and yeah, you always regret it. Um, but I mean, like I said, that all comes with a grain of salt. Like sometimes you have to take on the job, you have to take on the client, but if you can avoid it when you just know it's not going to be a good situation, get out of there as fast as you can. Um, and yeah, just trust yourself. It's really hard when you're young and you're starting a business, um, but you're going to know what's best. You're always going to know what's best for you. And yeah, just try and honor that and back yourself. Um, 
because yeah, it's hard. Everyone will try and say otherwise. Everyone will probably try and doubt you, <laughs> but just know that you have everything that you need inside of you and you will make the right decision for you. Yeah. Love it so much. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, interesting because I, the other person I was interviewing this, well, one of the other people I was interviewing this morning, um, her name's Alexis. Uh, she runs a podcast called Deeper Life that I think you would actually really enjoy mm. but if you haven't already um, <laughs> seen it. Um, but her answer was basically identical to yours or very similar oh, wow. about like trusting your instincts and like listening to other people but not necessarily doing what they say because yeah, yeah. You, know, you know you best and you know what's going to work out best. So um, mm-hmm. maybe seems like it's a theme that people need to be hearing right now. <laughs> yes. And it's yeah. really hard. And like, you might hear it today and be like, Ugh, whatever. But yeah. one day it will click for you and you'd be like, yeah, actually, yes. Like I've had that so many times where I've taken on knowledge and it just hasn't really resonated with me at the time. Mm-hmm. But then I've heard it again whether that's months or years later and it just all falls into place perfectly. And it's just so like on point, exactly what I need helps me go forward. So yeah, even if it doesn't make sense to you right now, I bet it probably will down the track. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, mm. I know mate today, having heard you and Alexa say that I'm like, maybe I throw everything away <laughs> <laughs> and like, start again and brainstorm everything that I want to do and like yeah so I think it's amazing and yeah such good advice and a really like big and important lesson that you've learned along the way um Mm. so I love that thank you very much for sharing that with us um I think the people are gonna love to hear that which is awesome um so (laughs) yeah I mean I'm sure they will um so do you want to let the people know who are listening where they can find you and what oh, they yeah. can check out online that you have on offer? Mm-hmm. So as I said, Russ does like an umbrella of things. So I feel mm-hmm. like there's just so many things I can tell you about and offer. Um, firstly, I would recommend checking us out on Instagram, which is rust underscore creative. Um, and from there, we kind of had links to everything. So I have Rhythm and Words podcast, which is a podcast exploring the rhythm of our 20s. Um, and they're beautiful, deep dive, long format conversations. So season two is currently coming out as we speak um, on every Tuesday. So today, mm-hmm. um, so that you can catch that on Apple or Spotify um, or wherever else it's linked. <laughs> um, I don't know. My what's it called? The distributor like puts it on all of these random platforms yeah. that I don't know about. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the podcast. That's the Instagram. We also have a beautiful online store, which I'm really excited about, which has products like our Creatives Companion workbook and merch, which is like hats and tote bags and jumpers and mugs and lots of cute stuff like that. Um, So basically just tools to help you embrace your creativity and also explore it and just look really nice while doing so. (laughs) Yes. Um, And we also have gatherings. So that's like an events umbrella, um, which includes Rust Reads, our monthly book club. Um, And I'm also going to be opening up creative community calls um which will be like a monthly free call so anyone who is creative from anywhere in the world can jump on and like share their wins and any blocks that they've had throughout the month and yeah just connect with the new community because I know it's really hard like even though we do have Instagram which is great 
it can be hard to directly connect with other people mm. beyond like a one-on-one. So yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the calls kind of open that up and yeah, we all meet some new people and make some new connections. Amazing. Sounds so good. And I'm so excited for that. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to come to that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, so, yeah, if you're, anybody who's listening, go and check out all those things. The merch is so cute. Um, and I'm like, particularly, I can't wear a bucket hat, but I love the bucket hats. Oh, me um, too. So, yeah, definitely recommend going and checking You can wear a bucket out. hat. I just don't really rock a bucket <laughs> oh, everyone can I feel like such a dork wearing mine but I you, you know cute. I say that it's like my little armor so I yeah. wear it as like my armor against the world and being like yeah I'm a creative and it does feel like putting on like the cape or like the uniform and you yes. just feel like so much cooler <laughs> so yeah okay you've, you've won <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me um, and for having this conversation with me. And I hope that everybody loves this conversation. I'm 100% sure they will. Um, And yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Brand Your Passion and choosing to spend some time with me learning about branding, business, and all things creativity. You can find more episodes just like this one at blackandwhitestudios.nz forward slash brandyourpassion. If you liked this one, you can tap that subscribe button so that you're notified about every new episode. And if you've got a spare second, I would love it if you could leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. I would love to hear from you and hear about how you're enjoying the podcast. If there were some helpful goodies in this episode for you, it would mean the world to me if you could screenshot your podcast player on your phone right now, hop over to Instagram or Twitter and tag me at Black and White Studios. That's at B-L-C-K-W-H-T Studios. By subscribing and reviewing and sharing, you're helping me to reach more creators just like you so that together we can make the world a more creative place, one brand at a time. I really can't achieve this mission without you, so your support means the world. I'll talk to you in the next episode, but until then, keep creating.